Welcome to Conversations, a podcast featuring conversations about life, theology, scripture, church, and everything in between. Hosted by Genesis Church in Mexico, Missouri. Find out more at www.genesisbegins.com. All right, well, welcome to another Conversations podcast, and I am Jeff Stott. I'm the pastor at Genesis Church, and I've got uh, Billy Johnson with me again, and he's an elder in the church and also a public safety officer and does uh, police officer work, fireman stuff, and I don't know, whatever else you do out there. Yeah, just all kinds of Just all kinds of public safety stuff. Absolutely. Right on. And and we are uh, on the back half of a... uh, going to end up being a six-part series, and we're on part five of the five stages of spiritual growth. And um, and before we get into that, there's a couple of things I want to uh, mention. Okay, so uh, we're recording this uh, right after the new year, mm-hmm. okay? So, <clears throat> um, and there's a guy, his name is Brad, that's in, in my discipleship group that I'm in now. And... Uh, he does this thing. Uh, he ha- he picks a word for the year. And a lot of people do this. A word? A word for the, for the year. year. For okay. their, yeah, this is going to be the, the theme, the word that they want to focus on in their life the whole year. Right? Okay. So, uh, and so, I don't know, a few months ago in the subship group, he was he brought this up. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do the same thing, you know, because I've heard other people do this. And I thought, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. So uh, what you do is you choose a word that you feel like you want to have in your life that you want to focus on, you know, for that year. Okay. And so you sort of write it out, put it places to remind yourself, and just kind of keeping that attitude, right? So here's my word for the year. My word that I chose for this year is the word enthusiasm. Mm. Mm. Okay. All right. Now, enthusiasm means uh, eagerness, passion, zeal, excitement, interest, pursuit, those kinds of things. You're enthusiastic about it, right? So if you look up the definition for enthusiasm, it means to show intense and eager enjoyment, interest, and approval of something. Okay. Okay. So now... uh, so how would my life change if I became enthusiastic about everything I did? <laughs> it'd be interesting. I think it would go to another level. Yeah. I mean, oh, let's just say, let's have that. Let's just say my enthusiasm for all the stuff I do is like, is a five. Okay. What if I just raised it one notch? What if my enthusiasm went to six? I think my life would just be better. Nothing's changed other than. My enthusiasm, which is an attitude word, by the way. Sure. It's an attitude. How do you change your enthusiasm? Well, I'm going to tell you. Okay. So uh, the Bible has a lot to say about enthusiasm. Just get online, look it up. Enthusiastic, enthusiastically, look at words like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, some translations will word it like eager or fervor. Yeah. They'll use those kinds of words. But it's all over the place, all right? So... Uh, and the translation I'm using right now is the New Living Translation, all right? So Romans 12, 11 says this. Never be lazy. That's tough. But work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Amen. Okay, so now that tells me right there, Romans 12, 11. Um, whose choice is it to 
serve the Lord enthusiastically. Sure. Okay, so there's a choice I've got to make. So I can choose to do this enthusiastically, or I can choose to do it just with a bad attitude. So how you do it? Well, you, I've got to find I've got to find a way to take every thought captive, mm-hmm. which m- impacts how I feel. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. It's not easy. Right. All right. Because in Romans chapter 12, uh, verse 11, that's after he just says, you know, you got to renew your mind and all that kind of stuff, you know, back in verses one and two. And all, anyway, um, so he says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. So that's what I want to do. I want to serve the Lord doing whatever I'm doing, whether it's taking care of the girls, yeah. taking care of Pam, taking care of me, taking care of Genesis, do whatever I do, mopping, cleaning, cooking. You know, I'm a guy. I, I do all those things. Yeah. And so... Um, uh, got to do it enthusiastically. So now here's the deal. So this is how this ho- this is how I'm hoping it's going to work. That I'm going to take this word enthusiasm, and I know that some of these verses with enthusiasm because I, way back when I actually preached a few verse a few a sermons on enthusiasm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, when I was studying about attitudes and some emotions and th- enthusiasm is it's a mental and emotional word. So anyway, um, uh, so now I'm hoping that this will kick in for me. Yeah. All right. So Has when, it kicked in? Uh, yeah, I think so. Good. Yeah. Good. Uh, because I chose the word this morning. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. And I'm enthusiastic about being here today. Yes. All right. So, and another verse, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. 1 Corinthians 15, 58 says this. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. Now, why, why, why would I do that? Well, he tells you why. He says, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Now, why would he say that? Because I think a lot of times we're doing things for God, yep. and it feels useless. Yep. It, it, it's funny how the Bible is written, so he tells that verse. Mm-hmm. It's already understood that we're human, right. and there's going to be times where we're yeah. going to be thinking, man, it's not I did, it. this isn't doing any good. Why should I be passionate about this? And then this? he immediately says, okay, before that creeps into your mind, <laughs> let me just tell you, it's almost like God knew what he was talking yeah. about when he had those uh-huh. folks write those. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's almost like the Bible's inspired or something. I know. It's, you know, it's, it's not it, weird. It, it's some kind of you. divine author behind <laughs> yeah, it's, it's What's up with that? Yeah. yeah. So anyway, my word for the year is going to be enthusiasm. Well, I'm excited for you. Yeah, I am too. And so um, what that means is that somewhere down the pipeline in this year, when uh-huh. there, when I need a Sunday where I'm in between something or yeah. I'm not ready to begin something new, you know what I'm saying? And like in Mark chapter 14, begin that next chapter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, I'm going to do a new study on this word enthusiasm in the Bible. Because here's what I think. I think, uh, here's the deal. Can you imagine if you took this word, this, this should be a whole other podcast. Sure. About enthusiasm. Sure. Because if you think if you take the word enthusiasm, you take these verses, what would happen if you decided to be married enthusiastically? Okay. In other words, you got a spouse right. that normally you would not be enthused about. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But what ha- what would happen if you could be excited about being married to that person? And it's a choice that you make. So you, you got to work at it on how to say, how am I going to, how can I get excited about being married to this individual when for the last year, two years, whatever, sure. Sure. 10 years or whatever, you, you have lost your excitement for this marriage. Sure. But however, if you do Romans 12, 11, 1 Corinthians 15, and you apply it to your marriage. 
if you're intentional about applying it to your marriage. See what's happening here? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's it's almost, uh, you know, the, the Bible pulls out, there's so much intentional speak, mm-hmm. you know, uh, about us being intentional. It's right. like about us fighting how we feel mm-hmm. and being intentional in, in a lot of these right. different ways. There's just so much of that in there. Yeah. You know, and if you apply it to uh, getting out of debt. Sure. I'm going to serve the Lord enthusiastically. I'm going to get my money under control mm-hmm. and I, with passion and intensity, mm-hmm. I'm going to get and out of debt. Fervor. And fervor. Mostly fervor. Yeah. Well, well, let's let's apply this to prayer. Yeah, let's do. You see, let's apply it to evangelism. Let's apply it to losing weight. Mm. You see what's happening here? Yeah. If you take this concept of enthusiasm in the scripture and you start applying it to your life in general, there's, there's only one result. Your life is going to get better. Oh, I thought you were going to say you're going to get worn out. No, <laughs> no I'm joking. Because it, I'm by, by definition, if you once you get into the attitude of enthusiasm, enthusiasm generates energy. Absolutely. Okay. It, it, it absolutely does. Yeah, one, because there are things you're enthusiastic about. Sure. That you're just excited about. You didn't have to flip a switch to get excited about it. Right. But there's some things you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to find a way to get excited about it. Sure. You know and. Um, I think a lot of people can connect with that thought. Yeah, hey, yeah. I'm gonna have to find a way yeah. to be excited about this. I think this. I think. I think this may be a podcast later on down the road I love it. where we unpack it in much greater detail. I love it because I think what's lacking in a lot of people's relationships in life uh, is just enthusiasm. They're just bored with their job. They're bored with their marriage. They're bored with parenting. They're bored with their life. They're bored with their hobbies, and they're constantly looking for escape. They're trying to be entertained because there's not because when you're enthusiastic about something and doing something, time flies. It does. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And when you're not, man, it just drags well, and, on. And I think people, uh, you know, enthusiasm is a is a feeling-oriented word. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that, that's, that's the way we prescribe it in our lives is a feeling-oriented word. And it's like, well, if, if we decided to be more intentional mm-hmm. about being enthusiastic, mm-hmm. less about how I feel in the moment, but hey, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to push with fervor to, right. to complete this task or to do this or that instead of focusing so much on how we feel mm-hmm. and just focusing on, Hey, here's how I'm going to do this enthusiastically. I think a lot of things will change. Yeah. So <clears throat> I bring this up for a reason. Oh, uh, I want to encourage the leaders to do the same. Pick a word. I mean, you can use the word enthusiasm, but you know, pray, it, th- pray through it. Think about it and say, all right, God, what would be something we want to work on together in my life. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I'm and saying? And I love the way you phrase that. What is something we want to work on together? Uh-huh. Because that emphasizes, hey, God is going to be with us. He's going to help us along, but it's going to take some effort on our part. Right. See, I love yeah. that. Uh, pick a word, you know. I mean, it could, I mean, really, it could be anything. Sure. You know? uh, hopefully, it's a biblical word. <laughs> yeah. You want to, you know, you want Well, yeah, that's kind of the whole purpose of the exercise. Right, right, right. And I mean, if you've never done this, I mean, just think through, uh, just make it easy. Let me, I'll give you a list of words real quick. Okay, I'll give you, uh, there's nine of them. Okay. Okay, just go, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, fruit of the Spirit. Oh, okay, yeah. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, all that kind of stuff. If you just look through the list and say, okay, God, is there one here that probably needs to be the word of the year for me. And secretly, one of them will jump out. Oh, they will. Yeah. If 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 the listener will go and read those, right. one of those are going to jump out. Yeah, one's going to jump page. out. Oh, yeah. And maybe yeah. two. Maybe but, two. But, but you'll, you'll, you'll notice that, well, yep, okay, we'll you're do this know. one this year, that, the other one next yep, year. Yep, you're going to know which word you right. need. God will make that 
yeah evident yeah so whatever that word is you know and then that then take some time study that word out a little bit in the bible you know what i'm saying yeah. plastered around your house and in your car someplace you know where you're going to see it and then maybe even look up some quotes that are encouraging using that word i love this idea yeah i know yeah this is a good idea hey, man i don't bring junk to the I podcast, tell you what man. man we ought to be paying for these ideas <laughs> man, we should. somebody out there ought to say you know those guys they are they're something they're so cheesy that they're good <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm sure we get some of that yeah, anyway. That's right. That's right. Yeah, the cheesy part anyway. Okay, uh, uh, another thought that I was thinking about that I want to share today, talk about today, is uh, uh, I want to give you a lifetime, I mean, a lifestyle experiment. Okay. Okay. Uh, now, this is another thing that people do, but I'm, I'm ramping it up here in the Stott household. Okay. Okay. Now, um, okay, right now, I mean... Most people who listen to this have been listening more than once. They kind of know what's going on. So my wife, Pam, has leukemia. She's in St. Louis. She's at the Hope Lodge. She's been there for a couple of months. She'll be there for a couple more months. So, okay, so it's just me and the four-year-old and the seven-year-old, right? These two little girls. So, and we live in a very high-tech world. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And, and, and just because they're four and seven don't mean they're not in it. Right. Okay. Right. All right. So I <clears throat> um, was talking to uh, a friend of mine the other day who has two boys. And, um, uh, and she, I said, I said, and her boys are older than my girls. Mm-hmm. And I said, all right, I said, uh, I said, how are you dealing with the whole technology thing? We got into that conversation, yeah. right? you know, and, uh, and so <clears throat> in that conversation started generating this thought, I said, okay, I, I don't want, I don't want us to become one of these families who come home from school, come home from work and everybody's on their tech. All the time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's, that's tough. It is tough. So uh, my kids are young enough to where this is not going to hurt. <laughs> sure. Or be a shock for them, <laughs> which we've already started doing it, and they actually love it. So uh, this is simple. I'm sure you've heard this before. So I started with one night a week. I'll pick up the girls, and and I'll say, hey, okay, girls, this is a no TV, no iPad night. Mm-hmm. So no, no. And what that means for me is it's a no phone night as well. Yeah. So I just leave my phone on my desk in my office because I have a home office. So I just leave it there, and um, and I really just did it just uh, uh, take a break from. Because okay, it started selfishly is what happened. <laughs> <laughs> because Natalie come in and she'll turn on the TV, they go on YouTube, and she'll watch her seven year old YouTube stuff. Yeah, it's it like driving me nuts, man. <laughs> yeah. All right. So but now then, we're getting to the truth. Now we'll get to the truth. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I got to thinking, I thought, okay, uh, what can we do to, as a family that will keep this to a m- minimum? Sure. And how, what can we do? So I knew this idea and I thought, you know, I'm going to give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so one night a week, I started, this is a few weeks ago, started picking one night a week, usually a Tuesday night for some reason, that just seems to work. Yeah. And, um, uh, and pick them up and I tell them, hey, no, no, no iPad, no TV, no, no electronics. And so, um, um, and then <clears throat> uh, for me or anybody else, and um, so, <laughs> um, and we and something uh, interesting started happening. Okay. All right. So if you remove something, you have to fill it with something. Sure. Okay. See, that's the big problem. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not a problem. So but that, I, that's I knew where the I already. Work. Yeah, I already knew this. Yeah. What's going to happen? 
Yeah. What, what's what are we gonna fill it with? So uh, now I, I'm gonna tell my listeners what I'm gonna tell you is not shocking, but it is revelatory. Okay. Um. Believe it or not, the girls found a way to entertain themselves. <laughs> you don't say. And I found myself less frustrated when they were wanting to say, hey, watch me do this. Watch me do that. And because, see, I'm looking now for something. I mean, I can always clean the house, vacuum, uh, sure. all that kind of stuff. But I didn't feel the pressure to get that done and, you know, uh, and check text messages or respond to a phone call or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, all that kind of stuff. Or, yeah. or watch, you know, 10 more video shorts, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> sure, sure. And so, um, and so um, uh, I found myself uh, beginning to enjoy just hanging out the house totally off the grid, if you will. And because it created a different dynamic relationally. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, for Absolutely. Everybody. Okay. So uh, now here's what's happened. I now have moved it to two nights a week. Mm. Uh-huh. See, now you're getting greedy. I'm no. getting greedy. <laughs> no. So here's what happened last night. Okay. This is what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, okay, we have, a, we have what we call a, well, we have a fireplace, but it's kind of like its own little room, mm-hmm. sort of. It's an offset room. I don't even know what you, what? I, I, I don't have know no idea. I was trying to think of a word yeah. for that I mean, it's part too. of the living room, but not quite. Kind of a den. Kind of, yeah, because you step down into yeah, it. Yeah, let's say sort of. den. But there's no doors. Right. You know, that kind of. So, anyway, there's this. It sounds like I live in this, like, mansion or something well, like I this. Mean, well, you know, it is four stories tall. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> it's, <not four> stories. <laughs> yeah, it's got a base. It's a, it's, this is considered a ranch style house. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, anyway, <clears throat> so we're in the Yellowstone Ranch. You know, for anybody that watches, yeah, no, okay. I'm, I'm kidding. It's not that big. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're in the fireplace room. <clears throat> and so I'll just call it the fireplace room. Okay. Okay. We're in the fireplace room. And, um, so, uh, uh, my daughter Grace, uh, is over. So, uh, you know, I got three daughters. One's four, one's seven, one's 28. <laughs> and so anyway, Grace, the twenty-eight-year-old's over, and so um, and for for those first-time listeners, it's a long story. Yeah, it's a long story. Yeah. So anyway, um, uh, anyway, so I'm making supper, right? Mm-hmm. And the girls are doing the girl thing. All yeah. three of them, they're doing the girl thing. And so, uh, and I said, hey, I said, why don't we, uh, why don't we just eat in the fire room? So we brought in the little these little black tables that we have, you know, I, I don't know what you call them, the little ah, black tables. Yeah, buy them at Walmart. Yeah, and they're fold, you know what I'm saying? Um, they're almost like dinner tray tables. Yeah. You, know, you know what I'm talking about, <laughs> right? But they're, thanks for the explanation. Yeah. So you brought in some tables. Tables, yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that we use all the time for other stuff. So anyway, and so anyway, the girls got excited. So now we're all sitting around. We're in the fire room. No TV, no phones, no nothing. We're all sitting in the fireplace room, and we're eating with a big old bunch of smiles. Yeah, yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, now I know that doesn't sound like mind blowing. But here's the thing, for those who are listening, and you come home, and let's just say you have no kids, it's just you and your spouse, mm-hmm. but y'all come home, you watch TV, you turn on the TV, you watch a football game, she turns on the phone, and she's what doing whatever she does on the phone. Mm-hmm. What if you remove that? What would, what would be the domino effect? How would you feel that time? Because you'll start looking for it. Sure. You need to be more productive or you might actually get to know each other. 
Follow what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think this is an intentional thing to where you have to create environments to where you're sort of forced to focus on the people who are actually in your life. Sure. And I think the no tech thing does that. The no tech night. Oh, I, I would absolutely agree yeah. that tech gets right. has separated relationships. And I'm not an anti-tech guy. I mean, I'm not either. I'm I mean, not either at all. I mean, I, I mean, I'm on Facebook. Yeah. I got a blog site. I got a podcast. We're online as a church. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. We, we, we I mean, we're, we got, uh, you know, a PlayStation. We got, you know, sure. I mean, we got TVs in every room mm-hmm. kind of a thing, you yeah. know? So, I mean, we're not like anti-tech at all. Right. Okay. I mean, we just got it all going on. And, um, uh, but I do think uh, we have to be very intentional and very careful that the tech doesn't drive us. Uh, we use it rather than it just using us. And and what we know for sure is is that we're in a space where it's using us. Right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. If if it's if if now I will say this, the first time if you decide to do this, we're, I mean, I'm not even talking about a day. I'm just talking about an evening. Sure. Sure. Let's just go from like say five or five thirty till. Bedtime, or if you got kids, just do this. No tech until we go to bed. Right. Okay. And then if you want, like my kids, they they have these little iPads, these kids' iPads, mm-hmm. and play games on stuff. Yeah. So <clears throat> even on no tech nights, on some of them, I'll say, hey, you can go to bed. You you can, you know, play for a little while on your bed. Sure. But now we're all we're all they're in bed, they're in their own rooms. You know, we're we're not even together. We're well, not I, trying. Yeah, you've accomplished what you set out to right. accomplish, the yeah, togetherness. Right. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. now that you guys are in different rooms yeah. and everybody's ready to go to sleep, it's like, eh, right. that's fine too. Yeah, and just and, take a you don't it doesn't right. even have to be a whole evening, just a couple no. hours. Yeah, and, and let me just throw this piece of advice out. Advice out. Don't say don't go like this. All right, family, this is, all right, wife, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right, husband. We're, you know, we just spend too much time on the tech and get, don't get all mad about it, you know, and just <laughs> well, start there goes go, my whole plan. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And start talking about the evils and the sinfulness of tech and how it just wastes sure. life and you're not, not productive, blah, blah, blah. And you're addicted to this. And, no, don't do that. Uh, just say, Hey, you know what? Uh, as a couple, as a family, whatever your context is, you know, I'm going to, um, let's just, let's see what happens. Sure. If we don't do the tech thing. One night a week. Right. Whatever night that is. And what's the worst thing that could happen? You end up in an argument over stuff that's just pointless. <laughs> sure. And you were going to do that anyway. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, so You're going like, to feel rejected. Well, well you feel you, rejected right now because when they're talking to you, they don't ex- even look at you. Exactly. Yeah, so. At least at least you've worked something out, right. maybe. That's you right. know, or, or really yeah. peeled the layers yeah. off to see what the problem yeah. is, you know. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, it is working for us. Awesome. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I like it. And so I thought, you know what? This may be something a listener just needs a little encouragement to. Sure. Beginning of the year, try it. If it don't work, you don't like it. Oh, and here's the other thing. If you are single and you're listening to this, you ain't married, you ain't got no kids. Mm-hmm. Pick one night a week and see what happens. Yeah, maybe read a book or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, um, uh, one of the nights, that's what happened with me. I mean, you know, I got two girls. The girls were doing something. But they like, even though, okay, uh Okay, we have a lot of room at the house, but I find well, yeah. that we only use about ten square feet of it, and that's about where wherever I'm at. That's where we're all at. Okay, they just sort of follow me around. It's like, can you give me some space? <laughs> yeah, that's right. I just yeah. Yeah. no, yeah. So for you, tech is escapism. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, it is. So uh, 
And I, I was actually talking about reading books. I was actually, I thought, well, you know, okay, because the girls were doing something. I thought, well, you know what? I got a fire going. I'm gonna, go, I'm gonna go get a book. I'm gonna. This book I was reading is for yeah. the discipleship group, mm-hmm. and it's on marriage. And so I thought, I'll just read chapter one. You know, so I'm in the fire pit room, fire room, and um, I'm sitting in a chair and I'm, I'm reading. It. I, I got about two pages in. Next thing I know, I had one girl on my shoulders, another <laughs> yeah. one sitting on my lap. Yes, and. Uh, and well, they it, want to do something. Well, let know. me say for the record mm-hmm. that uh, it's exactly like that in my house when your girls are over. You know, we've got a nice, spacious living room, and I guarantee you one of them sitting on the back of the couch with their arms wrapped around the throat yeah. or they're over yeah. in my chair uh, wrestling with me or picking mm-hmm. my nose or doing something. <laughs> you know, it's like... It's always I don't know what something. you're talking about. Yeah, no. yeah. Well, I no. can tell you it's the same thing at our house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well. And I love right. it, by yeah. the way, because I'm yeah. not used to having little ones running around the right. house anymore. So it's nice. Yeah. You know, and then they go home. Yeah, you're just about an empty nester. <laughs> almost. I mean, yeah. You got one out and one getting close. I mean, he's 16, yeah. so I haven't seen him in three weeks. <laughs> you know, so I... <laughs> I don't even know if he still lives yeah, with us, yeah. to be honest with right, you at yeah. this point. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, when the little ones show up and they need our attention and stuff, it's kind of nice. That is nice. Yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, business at hand. Here we okay, go. Okay. All right. We're talking about. meat and potatoes. Mm, yeah, meat and potatoes. And, uh, all right. So, we are talking about the five stages of spiritual growth. Uh, we've already talked about stage one, uh, the spiritually dead uh, person. Obviously, they're not saved. They're not a Christian. Uh, we call them the seeker because they're seeking meaning in life. Usually, ha- they're seeking happiness, they're seeking something, and um, and uh, but they're they need Jesus. They need to get saved. Uh, stage two is uh, called a spiritual infant. Uh, we also call that the believer. Stage two uh, is the per- the spiritually dead person. They place their faith in Christ. They get saved. Uh, they immediately move into stage two because they are a believer. And now everything is usually new to them, mm-hmm. you know, praying, going to church, reading the Bible, all that kind of stuff. They don't know how to do it. There's a whole new world for them. And they've got to be spoon fed. They're very messy spiritually. And in some cases, in the most cases, a spiritual infant is hard to tell between the difference between a spiritual infant and a spiritual dead person. Yeah. I mean, they still, boy, they sound a lot alike, smell a lot alike. I mean, they still behave a lot of the same values, you know. Uh, but the, now what's happened is the believer, the person who's born again, they now have the Holy Spirit working inside them, and now they're headed in a certain direction. Sure. Whether they are aware of it or not. Mm-hmm. You know, God is now working on the inside out. So, well, as they grow uh, spiritually, they move into what's called the spiritual child. We call this person the learner. And uh, we talked about this person last time. They understand the basics. They are able to feed themselves spiritually. Uh, there are times where they, they help out and they serve. And there are times where they're very selfish. You know, they kind of go back at their spiritual child. You know, you can, they're still, but most, for the most part, they're still selfish, yeah. self-centered. Um, God and others are occasionally gets some attention. Sure. You know, they there's a priority there, but then they sort of, but they're still kids, and they whine a lot, complain a lot, and life is really still about them in a lot of ways, you know. And so, uh, uh, and now s- stage four is the spiritual young adult, and we call this person the server. And um, this person, they move from when you move from a spiritual child to a spiritual young adult, you begin thinking more about serving God, serving others. You, you, your your circle gets bigger, if you will. Mm-hmm. It's not about you now. Uh, you're a lot more serious about the word, and we'll get into all this other stuff. And uh, again, you're just other centered at this point. 
And then the final stage is stage five, which is the spiritual parent. This is the spiritual leader, and we'll talk about that next time. So we are talking about the spiritual young adult that's stage four. Um, now, <clears throat> there's a lot of reasons why you need to know this kind of stuff. You know, some are it helps you, helps, you know, when you're ministering to other people or you're around other people, it helps you to know where they are spiritually. That will help you determine what they need from you, uh, why they say what they say. Sure. You know, why they do what they do, why they don't understand certain things, behave a certain way, <clears throat> you know, why they don't find something that you think is important, why they, there's a reason why they don't find that important because sure. it, it's a reflection of their, of their stage. Mm -hmm. So it helps you to be more patient with them. Absolutely, with them. it does. Helps you, helps you to help them grow, you know, and you can help them grow without them even knowing you're helping them growing because, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're intentional behind this stuff. Uh, also to help you, help you understand where you are. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, man, I'm here. What do I need to grow? Yep. You know? So, anyway, a lot of reasons. We talked about all all kinds of reasons in, a, in one of the first podcasts on this series. All right, so <clears throat> stage four, spiritual young adult. All right, let's lay a biblical foundation. Okay, that's what we're about here. Yes. What does the Bible say, and how do we react to it? Okay. So, we find the spiritual young adult person in First John chapter 2, uh, among other places, but this is where we're going to land. Um, now, I'm going to read you something here out of the Bible, but you have to understand he's going to use phrases like little children, fathers, and young men. And uh, he's not talking about age. He's not talking about like a five-year-old, right. a 21-year-old, and a 40-year-old. That's not what he's doing. He's referring to this is the context of First John 2 is a spiritual context. He's talking to them based on the spiritual stage, sure. spiritual stage. So <clears throat> keep that in mind as I read this. <clears throat> and three of the five stages he mentions. Okay, so here we go. First John chapter 2, beginning in verse 12. I am writing to you, little children. Uh-huh. Because your sins have been, forgive, have been forgiven you on account of his name. I am writing to you, fathers. That's that spiritual parent. Mm -hmm. uh, because you... Know him who has been from the beginning. Now, listen to this. I am writing to you, young men, spiritual young adult. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I have written to you, children, because you know the father. I have written to you, fathers, because you know him who has uh, been from the beginning. And then he says, I have written to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God remains in you. And you have overcome the evil one. Okay, now, what we're going to do is we're going to unpack that, what he says about the young man or the spiritual young adult. Okay. Um, there are three things he specifically mentions about the spiritual young adult that I think is significant to understanding who this person is and are we there. Sure. Okay. Um, the first thing he says, he tells them that, he says, you are strong. You're strong. Now, what's he talking about? Sure. Especially in the, the context of young. Well, yeah. I, I lost well, my. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So, you know, physically, right. usually young men are strong. Right, right. Typically. Mm -hmm. You know. Uh, I mean, you know, they can build muscle. If they work out, they can build muscle quickly. You know what I'm saying? That sure. kind of thing. Sure. Know? And so, but spiritually speaking, uh Generally, uh, what he's talking about is they are strong spiritually. They are strong in the Lord. They know how to endure. 
and persevere. Uh, they are strong in God's word and how to use God's word in battle. And we'll unpack all this here in a minute. They have a humble confidence about them. You know, when you are around them, you will notice someone who has a deep commitment to Jesus. They are strong. Yeah, and it that's that's hard to put your finger on, but you just know it. Yeah. You can feel it. Yeah, yeah. You, you could see it when you're dealing with somebody like that. Yeah, when, you have, when you're around somebody who is spiritually strong. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's not cocky. No. Uh, you know, you just know, and they know. Uh-huh. They're very confident. Yeah. You know, they know who they are in Christ. They know there's a spiritual battle going on. And the thing is, is that a spiritual young adult at this point, they have been working out in God's gym. Yes. See, I love that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They have been to boot camp. They have had some successes and failures. Mm -hmm. They've been in some battles, which we'll talk about. You've overcome the evil one in a moment. They've got some scars already. Okay. They're not spiritual parents yet. But their house is not made out of out of straw. Well, they it's made out of brick. Well, they've been on the battlefield. They've been on the battlefield. They're they're out there in the trenches. Right. You they, know. They, yeah. They are. They so somewhere along the way they started learning how to die to themselves. Yeah. Thinking about others. Thinking about their purpose in life. They started thinking deeper. You know what I'm saying? It's harder to push them over. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, you know, this is you're not dealing you're not dealing with a spiritual child here. Okay. Sure. You're you got a you got a spiritual young woman, a spiritual young man that whether they're seventeen or whether they're forty seven, you know, uh there's some depth here. Well, yeah, and, and, and like you were saying, you know, with the scar analogy, it's like not only do you see the confidence and the ability and and the the foundation in their gate, you also see, you know, uh, the scars of past mistakes right. or and they wear them. They don't hide those. No, you know, there's there's no reason to hide those scars and there's no reason <clears throat> to hide those bruises and bumps. Mm-hmm. You know, because they were earned. Mm-hmm. You know, they they were earned and, and and they wear them with confidence. Or maybe I, I maybe confidence is a strong word, but they they're they're not afraid to discuss those things. You know, and to say, hey, here's where I struggled or right. here's where I am struggling. But, man, my foundation's good and I'm moving forward. Yeah. And the thing is, okay, over the <clears throat> through this little series that we're doing. Yeah. The the big distinction I've said about this particular stage is that they're other-centered. Yep. Which I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Okay. But that's just one of the major distinctions. And it's easier for people to understand that. Sure. Um, the other distinction is... <clears throat> Is there? There's this spiritual strength about them. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are, they are a warrior. Yeah. Okay. Um. And so, my at this point, my question for our listeners: So, if you're thinking where where are you at on the spiritual stage? If if you're not strong in God's word, you're not. If you're if you don't have the battle scars, if you haven't, if you're not a deeper thinker, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. This spirit, if you're not spiritually strong, you're probably not at this stage. Right. Okay. Now there's different levels of strength. I understand that. Sure. Sure. Okay. But if you still whine and complain about a lot of stuff, 
if it takes very little for you to walk out on relationships, walk out on God, eh, you're probably still a spiritual child. Sure. If you find yourself complaining about the church, complaining about your spouse, complaining about your kids, complaining about this all the time, and to where you have no intentions of doing anything about it. Right, right. Other than walking out or just ignoring it or right. just giving everybody the culture. Just yeah. complaining for the sake of complaining. Right. Yeah, you're probably, um, yeah, you're still probably a spiritual child, spiritual infant. You're not sure. here. And But you said, what? Well, but I still serve and serve. Well, that, that's fine. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, children serve all the time. Absolutely. They like to help clean around here. I mean, now they'll pick up, you know what? She's still seven. Sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah. Now, wait till I tell her to do something she don't want to do. Right. And then you see, oh, yeah, she's oh, seven. Oh, she's seven. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, and that's what will happen uh, um, with this. If, if you're not you're not a spiritual young adult, if uh, you're not spiritually strong. That's just, that's just not, I mean, that this is... You go from being a spiritual child to spiritual young adult. You've 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 been working out. Spiritually. Oh, and for the record, when we talk about when you're not spiritually strong, just understand like if you're not there, if you're not spiritually strong yet, that that's okay. Yeah. God's still working. You just on know you. where you are. Yeah, exactly. We gotta go. We gotta get you to the gym. Yes. Be honest yeah. about where you're at in this. And if if mm-hmm. uh, you know if if you think of yourself as a spiritual young adult, but you're really still a spiritual child, mm-hmm. just be honest about that. Right. Okay, here's where I'm at. Here's the things I struggle with. Let me let me let me see what God's word says about it. Let me be intentional about working right. on it, and God will God will bring up the the slack. Yeah, you know, he, he'll make it happen. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, so at this point, for, for to help someone grow or to help yourself grow. Uh, you have to ask yourself, okay, what do, what is it that I need to become strong? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you're gonna need you're gonna need the milk and meat of God's word. That's where you're gonna get the protein. That's just what's gonna happen. Uh, you're gonna need to start figuring out how to. You gotta start learning how to apply God's word, not just read it, think about it, talk about it. You know right. what I'm saying? You gotta apply it. Don't be hearers only, but be doers of the word. And um, you know something else? You gotta be what enthusiastic. Oh, boom. You do. Even, even if you're not emotionally feeling that in the moment, you have to figure out a way to be intentionally enthusiastic. Okay. Uh, yeah. That that. Let's bring that in here. Yeah, for let's just do. A second. Uh, because that is important. Yeah. And uh, okay, did you ever see the uh, documentary with Arnold Schwarzenegger? That's out on Netflix or Prime or something. I, I, I saw it a few months ago. Have you seen it, Arnold Schwarzenegger? I, I don't know. You know, bodybuilder movie. Yeah, actor, I mean, right? yeah, I, I know. Okay. What... All right. It's got some language in it because it's Arnold Schwarzenegger, but uh, but it's a documentary on him. It's produced by him. It's about him. Yeah. Okay. He talks about his life, and they show videos and film, all that kind of stuff. Sure. But in there, he talks about uh, part of it. He talks about that stage in his life when he decided to enter into the world of bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he has a. They show this chart of him, like when he was a teenager. Yeah. Of when he was entering these competitions, okay? You know, didn't win, didn't win, didn't win, didn't win, you know, came in fifth or sixth or something like that. Yeah. And there's only like maybe 10 or so guys in it. We're not, we're not talking five out of 100. Okay? Sure, sure. We're talking about over in that country where he's raised. And so nobody knew who he was. He didn't speak English at this point. Yeah. You know, and he's just working out, working out. And um, anyway, so in there, he started explaining his mindset about the whole working out thing. Okay. Here's his mindset. He said, he said, yeah, I'd go to the, he said, I'd go to the gym. And he said, there'll be guys there complaining about, man, I got to work out again. He said, man, I wish I didn't have to do this, you know? And these are bodybuilders. 
Right. They're wanting. They actually have a desire. <laughs> for results. For results. Not for the work. Right. He said, he said that his perspective on working out every day was like this. He said, I never, he said, I never recall ever getting up thinking, man, I got to go spend two hours at the gym this morning and then yeah. two hours again tonight. He said, man, I want to do it. He said, I got to eat this and I got to eat that. I got to say, no. he said, he said, my perspective was this. Every morning when I got up, I thought I'm one day closer to winning it. That's, that's what he said. Yeah. He said, every time I went to work out, he said, I just saw it as checking the box off of like, I'm one, I'm one day closer. Yeah. I'm now a week closer. Cause in his mind, he said, losing was never an option. He said, I was losing. He right. said, but I was, but I knew I was getting bigger. Yeah. I was getting better. You know? He was losing for a reason. Yeah. Came in 10th. Yeah. Came in 8th. Yeah. Came in 5th. Came in 2nd. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But he knew that eventually he was going to start winning because that that's in his mind. That's just how he thought. So he was very enthusiastic. Absolutely. You know, about this process. And he didn't go to the gym <sighs> like that. He, according to what he said, he went to the gym with enthusiasm. Now- all right, applying enthusiasm. What would happen if you applied enthusiasm to your quiet time with God? Right. To going to church. You know, do you think Arnold Schwarzenegger woke up and he was tired? Right. Yeah. See what I I'm mean, saying? Yeah. Yeah, right. So uh, I'm saying what I'm saying is that I think if we start applying this enthusiasm to our spiritual growth, I think we will find ourselves becoming stronger and stronger because enthusiasm allows you to make sacrifices. And here's the weird thing about enthusiasm. I do know this. When I'm enthusiastic about something, it never feels like a sacrifice. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. When I'm enthusiastic about losing weight, mm -hmm. it never feels like a sacrifice to say no to that pizza. Right. But if I'm not enthusiastic, <laughs> my life is miserable. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I can't have that whole pizza. You know, you've always... <laughs> Yeah, I like whole pizzas. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I, there's no yeah. reason to even cut them up. So what I'm saying is, spiritual young adults, in when we're, biblically speaking, when he says you are strong, they have got to this point where they have they've they've done something. They've sure. made a decision somewhere. Yeah, and they have become strong. Yeah. And they didn't become strong just by attending church. No doubt. There's a lot of people. If you're hey, if you go to the Y, yeah, you walk through the front door. There's a lot of people sitting around doing nothing. Well, yeah, and and just going to the Y mm -hmm. doesn't make you stronger. You got to no. lift weight while you're no. in there. Uh, no, it's like that. Saying, yeah, and like, I would love to walk in there and just do mm -hmm. a circle and leave. Yeah, hey, you know, it's going to make huge. If you sat in McDonald's every day, you're yeah. not you're not going to become a Big Mac. I'm just telling you. <laughs> right, right. Well, you might. You are if you are what you eat. Yeah. But anyway, what I'm saying is that you're going to have to just by being around people who work out. Don't, yeah. Doesn't mean you're going to no. You gotta you've got to lift the weights. Yep. And lifting weights spiritually means. Getting in the Word, yep. start praying, hang around godly people. You're going to need them around you. Because here's the deal. I, I do think there's a lot of good out of physical health, but a lot of good object lessons as well. For example, there are times where you need um, to have people spot for you because you know you're about to lift something yep. that's going to push you to the limit. Yep. And that's where you build the muscle. Absolutely. And by the way. Go ahead. All right. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not like a muscled up dude. Right. I'm a big guy, but I'm not a muscled up dude. Okay. But I will say this. I was working out the other day. Yeah? And it was like nobody hardly in there. Like three or four people in there. Uh-huh. And a couple other guys in there, they were pretty athletic looking. But there's this one guy. He was all 
he's, he's man, he's a power. He was a power lifter. He wasn't body. He was a power lifter. Yeah. And um, he's doing his thing. Mm-hmm. He comes up to me and he says, "Hey, man." He says, uh, "I need somebody to spot for me. You can spot for me." And I saw what was on that. <laughs> It's like, well, I can try. I said, yeah, I, I can do it for you. My man. I said, you know. Well, yeah, I'm never going to tell a guy no, because it's really, it's. Well, here's the deal. It's his body in but, danger, not mine. <laughs> but here's the I'm looking around the room. And I'm thinking, yeah. those, two, those two those two young guys over there, th- that's who you should have asked. Sure. But for whatever reason, here's uh-huh. how I interpret that moment. Yes. I felt like at that moment, I was accepted into that world. He needed a big guy. He needed a big guy. Yeah. That's what he wanted. Yep. You know, and um, these are li- this isn't little right. guy weight. I'm getting right. ready to throw. Yeah, and so most people assume because of my size, I'm stronger than I really am. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they just look at me. They think, you know, he can throw some weight around. He can throw some weight around. Yeah. No, I can't throw any weight around. Because <laughs> man, I got so bad, what you're saying. I, I got is, bad shoulders, bad back. I don't know. I just so what you're yeah. saying is the guy was in danger. <laughs> that was in danger. I just didn't tell him how much. It's not your problem. Yeah, it worked out. Yeah. Though. yeah. All right. So, so anyway, enthusiasm. Uh, yeah, enthusiasm. Yes. So, uh, but one of the characteristics of this spiritual young adult is that he's strong spiritually. Mm-hmm. Okay. You yeah. got to understand that. So the next thing that God's word says here in First John chapter two says, it says that talking about the spiritual young adult is that the word of God remains in them. Now, real quick, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, yeah. I, I, I should have jumped in. So yeah. we talk about that they're they're strong right. spiritually, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, you, I would consider to be a very, I mean, obviously you're a spiritual parent type, and strong mm-hmm. in your faith doesn't mm-hmm. even begin to describe, I think, uh, where you're at. But what... So I have to believe that there are times where you're not strong in your faith. Right. Or, yeah, or okay. Right. So this is not perfection. We're not talking about perfection. Right. When that happens to you, how do you remedy that in your mind? Okay. Uh, how do you remedy this idea that because I wasn't strong in that moment, that I'm no longer a spiritual parent type or a spiritual adult right. or, or whatever it is. How do you remedy that? Okay. For the listeners, I mean, right. you know, okay. cause I, people struggle with this sort of thing. Yeah. I got an answer for you. Yeah. Um, I figured you would. Let's go back to the gym, the real gym, physical yeah. gym. Let's yeah. Go back to the why, if you yep. will. Um, there's guys there that are, man, they work out. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they, 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 they're muscled up. Sure. Bar not, I mean, they're, they're in the big boy section. Mm-hmm. The big boy weights. Yeah. I lift with uh, one of yeah, those guys. That's right. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. And he is. And he's one I'm referring to. Yes. Okay. Um, so, on occasion, those guys will get sick. Mm-hmm. They'll pull a muscle and it'll hurt a tricep, bicep, do something. Sure. And whatever strength they had, they ain't got it. They not. They're not lifting what they did. As a matter of fact, they may not be lifting anything for a while. Sure. They have to heal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, I think spiritually speaking, there are strong individuals who tear, rip, pull a muscle Yeah, and they're down for a while. It doesn't mean they're weak. Right. Yes. You see what's happening here? Yes, I do. Okay. So, and I, and I think it's important at this point that they have to heal. So for us spiritually, I think that healing sometimes involves going and asking for forgiveness. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Forgiving yourself. You, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, or getting biblical counseling, get you back on the right track, get that yeah. medicine. Yep. Get in the word. You know what I'm saying? Uh, here's some godly advice. All of that is therapy, if you will, to get us 
back to our full strength. Because it's not really about, it's not really about, like you said, perfection. It's about mm. your mindset. Yeah. Uh, right. Just because you're on a break because you're healing mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you're no longer that person. You're right. no longer that strong person. No, you're just a person that needs to heal up a little bit. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, and I think we have to keep that in mind because again, sometimes as preacher types, we can sure. sound like we're talking about perfection. Right. And and even if we're not, people think that. Right. Well, I'm not spiritually strong because I struggle in this area. Well, it may be, okay, here's the thing. Okay. Now we're about to split hairs and make it more complicated than it really needs to be. Sure. And then I'm going to go even That's right. further than that here in a minute. Um, what does a physically strong, um, physically handicapped person look like? That's going to be hard to describe. Yeah. Depends on the handicap. Sure. Okay, like Special Olympics. Mm-hmm. You, you look at that kind of thing. Well, everybody has their different handicap, disformity, whatever Sure. Whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's going to affect them different, how, whether, they're, whether they're in a swimming event, running event, or whatever. Well, spiritually speaking, we're all deformed. Sure. We all got a handicap. Yeah. We all got a limp. Man. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, and this is where it's important. Do not, you can't really compare one spiritual young adult with another one. Right. But when you're around them, you know you get, even if you're around a, a, a like a a special Olympics athlete, oh yeah, you, you you know you know you're around an athlete. You know you're around an athlete. Absolutely. Okay. Yes. Even with that handicap right. that they're dealing with, you still know you're around a strong right. athletic person. Yeah. There, you're there is absolutely a, okay. right, Jeff. There is a lady in our church. She has um, a mental handicap. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's about fifty years old. Mm-hmm. That woman is the sweetest, godliest person. I mean one of the sweet at our church. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, but you cannot compare her, you know, with some people who are, who are the other women who are say leaders, spiritual stage. Sure. Very dynamic. You know what I'm saying? Cause she's very quiet mm-hmm. because of some issues that she has. And so, um, uh, so, you can't put these like in, you can't put draw a little box and say right. this is you know what I'm saying yeah there's there's a this lot is of, what spiritually strong right. looks like that's you, right you don't don't put it into a box but there are some common denominators sure you know um, they all have the same attitude mm-hmm. they're all going to, they're all going to be strong and you're going to be around a spiritually strong individual you will know it sure you know what I'm saying when you're around them it's easy to see it just like a physically strong individual. You know when you're around somebody who's healthy, who exercises, who's in shape. You just see it. You just can't get away from it. Yeah. Whether they're a power lifter or whether they're a marathon runner. Right. Okay. Right. You're absolutely right. Now, here's here's my question to you. So, you know, we talked about... Oh, by the way, before I forget that. Yeah. And I think, spiritually speaking, I think when it comes to the spiritual strong, I do think there's different types of strength. For example, I do think there are Christians, for whatever reason, they are spiritually power lifters. Yeah. For whatever it is, man, they could carry a heavy load. Yeah. And they do it well. Mm-hmm. But then there's these believers who are spiritually strong. For whatever reason, their endurance is through the roof. Yeah. The marathon yeah. runners. You yep. know what I'm saying? Yep. And But they have their different purpose in the kingdom. You know, there are some who are going to help you carry some heavy stuff. 
And then there are some who are going to be there for the long haul. There's some guys who are going to come in. It's not that they don't care. They're there for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. And they're able to hear, carry some heavy stuff for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then they're out. Yep. And then there's going to be these people in there. They're they're just going to they're there for the next 26.2 years of your life. Sure. <laughs> you okay? Sure. You're a marathon runner. Yeah. All right, what you got? Now, why do you? So, so we have a tendency. You know, one of the things that I love that you said was is not comparing one spiritual young adult to another or or wherever they're at in their like the stages. Now, why do you think we as humans have such a tendency to place ourselves in these boxes and and do these comparisons. And I submit to you, do you, do you wonder sometimes, okay, so the, the Bible is full of all kinds of great history of people changing and serving God and doing all those things right now. One of the things that it doesn't normally kind of talk about, or at least my observation that it doesn't talk about is the day-to-day struggles kind of thing. Cause I mean, the thing would be, you know, a million pages long or whatever. I, I mean, I, you know, uh, also, do you think people, when they read about Jesus in the Bible and they read about him being without sin and all these things, do you think we have a tendency like to compare ourselves or, okay. So, so, you know, obviously we look at, at Jesus, spiritual parent, you know, I mean, obviously way above that, but, uh, for the purposes of this conversation, spiritual parent, right. Um, he was perfect. He lived a sinless life. He did all these things. Do you think that when we, when we hear that, and then we, we begin to compare it to our own lives and then we feel like we've fallen short and we forget, we forget about the grace of God and we just go, okay, well, I must be, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to put together, I'm, I'm having this thought, I'm, I'm struggling to get, well, it, get uh, it put based together. Based on what I could uh, diagnose of yeah, what you're trying to say. Yeah, I, I, don't, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. You know yeah. I, um, go back to the original statement you had about uh, why do we put ourselves in these boxes or whatever. Yeah. And or put people in boxes. I think, it's, I think our minds want clear lines. We want, part of us wants these rules these boundaries you know what i'm saying sure that are definite or marks of accomplishment or marks of accomplishment and and somewhere along the way a lot of times our culture influences what success looks like um or our little small world or or even sometimes our pride will define what success looks like i mean for example um you know when someone thinks a um special olympics athlete is not an athlete right well, that says a whole lot to me right there. Right. They they have pigeonholed athlete. Yeah. Okay. They're thinking Greek God. Yep. Yeah. Competitor. Yep. Perfect physique. Sure. You know, that kind of thing. When um that, that's no. That that's I mean, those are those are definitely the exceptions. Sure. They're, they're out there, those guys that just, you know, kind of that way. But uh but but we like these little pigeonholes. You know, for some reason, and I think, yeah, what? and I think part of it is it gives us something clear to to achieve for. Okay, mm-hmm. that's the standard. Yeah. When when the devil says, "Well, you're never going to reach," he's never going to say, "You're never going to reach it." But I want you to strive for that, keep striving, and feel bad about not being that person. Yeah. When reality, eh, if you look around, probably a lot of people in your situation, you're you're, you're really doing a lot better. You're stronger than a lot of people. And we oftentimes really? forget too those those athletes those those exceptions to the rules. Right. They're not strong every day either. Right. But that still doesn't make them any less of an athlete. No. You know. So for for us in the realm of like, you know, spiritual young adults, uh-huh. uh, 
just because for a moment you're weak mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you don't right. fit that category. Well, I got a question for you. you yeah. Know the story of the tortoise and the hare? Yeah. You know, the race? Yeah. Yeah. Who's the athlete? Well, I, uh, yeah, the argument could be made. I, I didn't say who won. Right, Who's right. The athlete? Well, the argument can be made that they're both athletes. That's my point. Yeah, that's you're exactly absolutely right. right. Yeah, and they're but they're running two different races. Sure, sure. Um, and really, just because one ran faster than the other doesn't make the one any less of an no, athlete. No, because it's really about it's it's not about running the fastest race. It's not about being perfect. It's right. about your mindset and your drive. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I know the story is, you know, slow and steady wins the race. No, sure. it doesn't. Right. But it might win your race. So uh, there That's a, exactly right. Because okay. a 100 meter dash, slow and steady doesn't win that race. Right. So, you know, the fastest guy does. <laughs> you know. When I lived in Huntsville, Alabama, uh, I had some friends who did triathlons, you know. Uh-huh. So they talked me into doing one. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. That was a mistake, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> I, thought kind of. I thought it was. But actually, yeah. it triggered a bunch of stuff, which yeah, I, I bet it did. Okay. So, I, okay, I, I reluctantly. Signed up. Okay. Now, you got to understand, I wasn't training for anything. <laughs> and so, uh, I had 12 weeks out. Okay. It's going to be three three months three months of training for a tr- triathlon. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now, it's called a sprint triathlon. So, it's it's not a full Ironman. We're not talking Ironman. Okay. okay. All right. So, we're talking uh, like a, a one-mile swim, a 5K race, and then I think it was like a 10-mile bike ride or something like that. So, something like that. And so, but when you don't use those muscles, <laughs> sure. I mean, five k races. I mean, that's a lot for a lot of people. It that's three, you know, like three point two miles or something. I would like that, die. One. Yeah. And so anyway, physically die. Yeah, and if you're not a good swimmer, swimming a mile, I would drown. That yeah, it's going. That's going to be a killer. Yeah. So um, anyway, so I started training, and uh, in this uh, sprint triathlon. But here's the, here, here's the point of the story. Um, their slogan was. To finish is to win. Yes. So they just wanted people to give it yes. a shot. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so. And what does to finish mean? Uh, to cross the finish line. Well, sure. Yeah. Or is it, or is it to put in 100% of your effort, yeah. even though you're not the fastest, even though you may trip and fall? Yeah. yeah. What does to finish really mean? Yeah. So, uh, so, so here's the thing. Okay. Um, at the start of the, the start, okay, this particular sprint triathlon, you you start with the run. They started with the run, mm-hmm. okay. Most triathlons start with the swim. That was the last thing, okay. okay. Which I'm actually thankful for, yeah. Because after you've seems run, super dangerous to be out in water, water like, when you're when exhausted, you have zero energy. Yeah, it, no, yeah, but whatever. Yeah, think yeah. about cramping up and everything. Yeah, else. it works okay. out. Yeah. So anyway, <clears throat> um, all right. So uh, I was talking to a friend of mine, and uh, it was Daryl, and uh, he. Uh, uh, he was uh, one of the primary people who said wanted me to run it. I yeah. said, "Well, where should I sign up?" I mean, like, because at the in the race, you can you can sign up for like what tier, like to start the race. You want to be a tier one, tier two, and like tier one is the fast people. Yeah. And he said, "Oh, he said, and I didn't know that. <laughs> I thought they were just trying to like even it all out." This. And I said, "I, said, I already I, I, love I'm where this the is going." And I said, "Hey, I said where I said." I said, "What tier must be?" He said, "He said, oh, he said, I won't be in tier one." He said, "You know what? Just, just check tier one." Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you got to understand, tier one. Yeah. There are some people in there. Uh, there's prizes at the end of this. Yeah. The, the ones who are going to win the prizes are in tier one. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, and I, and I immediately realized I was in trouble when I got up there, and nobody looked like me. <laughs> what do you mean no one looked like you? Physically, nobody looked like me. Emotionally, no. Clothing-wise. Right. They looked like they just walked out of a runner's magazine. Sure. Okay. Sure. I mean, they had all, they had the right shoes, the right clothes. I mean, they, you know, they, you know, they had the like, you know, the thousand dollar watches that monitored everything on their body. Yeah. You know. Right. And, you didn't have all that. And I'm walking up to the start line <laughs> and I am standing, I'm looking around. I'm thinking. Pointing to people I'm, going I'm, right on. I said, there, I said, these people don't. <laughs> I don't belong here. Which one of these doesn't belong? <laughs> yeah. Sesame Street song started popping in my head. Yeah. And um, so anyway, we line up mm-hmm. for this part of the the running part of it. And it's a cross country. It's through these woods and these trails, okay? Yeah. We're not, this is not a road run. This is a cross country run. And so, um, Ed, they fire the gun. Now, remember, the... Fastest people in tier one. Yeah. Yeah. And you. And me. <laughs> Which I need to be in tier three. Okay. There's three tiers. Okay. You're still better than me. I'm making fun, but you're better than me. At least you were brave enough to okay. try. So now at that time, I mean, I wasn't slow. I was fast. I was running about a 25, 26 minute 5K. Okay. okay. So, and that's... For a forty-something-year-old guy, that, that's who's not a professional runner. I mean, yeah. that's that's decent, not great, okay. not bad. I mean, that's that's yeah, that's good. Okay, okay. They fire that gun. They all take off in a sprint. <laughs> it's like they didn't okay. tell these boys this is a long race. <laughs> there is about a hundred. Okay, there's this field that's about a hundred and fifty yards until you get to the woods. Yeah. Now. There's about a hundred of us in tier one mm-hmm. within 150 yards. There was 99 of them I in saw, tier there, one. I, there was, <laughs> there was one guy in the back. Yeah. That was me. Yeah. And I didn't see anybody in front of me. Oh, I am man. by myself. Oh no. <laughs> they are gone. Were you like, I'm just going to wait on tier two. Tier two. Uh, starts like two minutes uh-huh. <laughs> after tier one takes off. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm embarrassed right now. Like, you should be. I'm scared for you. I am. I'm, I'm, I'm doing like a 10 minute something mile. I'm doing a 10, like a 10 minute mile pace. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. 10 minute mile, 25 minutes in the 5k. What is that? I don't know what five minutes. It's what, about an eight minute pace. I was, was going to say it's about pace. three miles, isn't it? Yeah. Well, no. Yeah. It's about a, it's like an eight minute pace or something. So I'd be putting okay. it to about twenty four. So about eight and a half minute pace. Well, that's four miles. That's, that's not bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Okay. I mean, I mean, that's decent. good for your average right, right, right person. Yeah. And um, um, so I'm I'm running. <laughs> I hear the gun. Oh, I thought, no. oh, here comes tier two. <laughs> now you got to speed up. The tier I should be hasn't even taken <laughs> off yet. Yeah. All right, I'm not speeding up because I'm still I'm I'm not only had three months of training for this stuff. You can only go so far. Where months. were you? Where was your mind at? What have I done? <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm running right, yeah. and the next thing I know, phew, phew, oh, no. phew, these tier two people come running by. 
Oh no! I'm getting lapped, yes. basically. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's just one lap around this. This. But this you had you had quite a head start. I had, yeah. Yeah. Two minute head starts. That's that's a that's a big. You, head you can start. cover a lot of ground in two mm-hmm. minutes. Well, those those people in tier yeah. one can cover <laughs> right. a lot yeah. of ground. Well, if you just walk for two minutes, sure. Yes. You can still cover a lot of ground. I agree. So, make a long story short, I mean, I was just getting smoked. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And um, did tier three catch up with you? No, because you know they're um I I I, I my people. You know, I had what two, four, about oh, four yeah. minute, four, 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 five okay. minutes to start. So yeah, so we're all together. I mean, so they're you know, I'm a you're pacing at the uh, same pace that they that, are. They are. That's right. Yeah, yeah give or take. Yeah, yeah. So but you not, smoked all those guys. Yes. Yeah. Good job. Because <laughs> yeah. basically had about a four or five minute head start. Sure, sure. Anyway, uh, how in the world? Anyway. I have no idea. Okay. We were talking about running you the a race. question or something. Oh, yeah. tortoise in the hair. Yeah, you brought up the tortoise yeah, in the hair. Right. See what you did, yeah, Jeff. Yeah, that's right. Well, what I'm saying is, is that, okay, just to try to bring it home and put some okay. application to it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the um, That sprint triathlon um, is a good example. Oh, to finish is to win. Yes. That's what it was. See, I that's, like I like the whole just to try is to win to because then when I collapse yeah, on yeah. something like that, yeah. then I can still feel no, like a not, winner. No, there's got to. No, oh, oh you got to cross the line. You got to cross finish. Understood. Line. Some finish. Understood. Line, some yeah, yeah. So uh, I would say that tier one, tier two, three, two. All the people that finish, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, they were all winners based on their definition of win. And I do think absolutely that, because the Bible's very clear. It says, "Run the race that's marked." For you. Yes. Okay. Man, we have a hard time remembering yeah. that. And here's the thing. And one of the thoughts I did have when I was running, and I mean, literally, when I realized what was happening <laughs> before the gun went off. Sure. <laughs> this is one of the greatest stories you've ever told. Yeah. Sorry, Jeff. Yeah. Go ahead. I got a bunch of them. Yeah, I bet you do. God God has provided a lot of stuff in my life. A lot of object lessons. A lot of object lessons, yeah. right. Yeah. So, uh Without doubt, I, I do remember standing there, and I remember mentally saying to myself, "I'm not racing against these guys." Yep. My my my, my race great... is against that finish line. Yes. That's where that I don't care about who passes me. Yep. Even though there's a part of me that did. Well, sure. You know, I was trying to talk sure. about you know, and I said, "Okay." Uh, was it embarrassing to experience mm-hmm. being blown out within 150 yards? <laughs> absolutely sure okay yeah but you're you grew yeah that's right <laughs> so anyway uh but uh but i tell you what when i crossed that finish line man oh now all the all the people who all there's about five guys at, at the church i was passing time they were all doing this stuff you know mm-hmm. <clears throat> and um and so uh and they 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 were they were at the finish line cheering me on that kind of stuff. And I want to tell you, it was like, I just couldn't believe it. I'll be honest with you, I wasn't sure I was going to be able to finish. I, when I hit the water, yeah, I thought. Well, here's where I go meet Jesus. <laughs> here's where I meet Jesus. Yeah, I'm going to drown. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, and I got. But they I, were there. But they were, they were there cheering me out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'd been done. They were already dry. Well, sure. <laughs> They're dry, showered Dry, changed up. clothes. Yeah, <laughs> everything. Yeah, everything. But here's the thing. Yeah. Here is the thing. If you surround yourself mm-hmm. with good people, it doesn't matter how you pace the race. Right. They will be there to cheer you yeah. on. So here's the thing. Um, talking about being strong, spiritually young adult, here's, yeah. it, to grow spiritually, here's what's going to happen. Uh, you're going to need people in your life. And so here's – here. okay. I talked to uh, Daryl because mm-hmm. he was a marathon runner. Yeah. And, I mean, he's running them all the time, man. And, um, and I said, okay, what do I need to know? 
as a beginner, what what do I what do I need to hammer out here? What do's and don'ts? One oh one. Sure. Give okay. me yeah, give me the basics. Give me here. the basics. So he shared some stuff with me and uh <clears throat> and, and I did them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh I didn't have a bike. Okay, this is a this is a triathlon. <laughs> sure. In twelve yeah. weeks, that's that's I don't an have important piece of equipment. I just need and I and to be honest with you, I didn't care what bike I had. I just need a bike. Please tell me it was just a standard Walmart, no, sixteen speed no. or whatever. So, <clears throat> this other friend of mine at the church, yeah, um, and he was a he was he was he was a he didn't swim a whole lot, but he was a he was a uh, what's that called when you do two of them. I mean, so, biathlon. Yeah, 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 biathlon. That's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Right. yeah. So he he did the bike and the run. That's what his thing was. So and he had a real nice bike, mm-hmm. but he had a friend of his that I didn't know. Yeah. That just bought a brand new one who was like into the Ironman level. Mm. Okay. I mean, and I'm I'm not using that just as a hyper hyperbole. That is, he was an Ironman kind of yeah kind of person, and he said, you know, I think he may have an, one of his old bikes. That he doesn't use that's in his garage. He, he might let you borrow it. Yeah. And I said okay. And I thought, oh, all right. So he sh- he brings that bike over. Yeah. And I said, how much does this bike cost? He said, I don't know, but it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> he said this this is a professional Ironman bicycle. This is this is they use in competition. And he upgraded to whatever was the new version. So you were like on performance enhancing drugs with this bike. Uh, I mean, you know, these well, are PEDs. <laughs> we could say that. <laughs> but I will say, you know, the bike was made for him because he was a taller guy. Yeah. I mean, he's a tall like me because that, yeah. was, that, was that was the issue because I'm 6'4". Well, yeah. Trying to I find just, just I, some standard bike. Yeah, I can't do a standard know. bike, right. No. So uh, and that was the issue. And so, uh, mm-hmm. and he knew this guy that was about 6'4", 6'5", mm-hmm. and he was, you know, and so he said his bike should fit you. So, and it did, but it was smooth. I mean, and I, I, now let me tell you this. There is a difference. Yeah, well, I bet. You know, in those bikes. Yeah. I mean, it's like riding on air yeah really okay, yeah everything's smoother <clears throat> the gears the tires i don't know what it is yeah whatever they're doing that's different than say the walmart bikes like sure. the kind i have sure or i should say i have a free bike i picked up at a garage sale that somebody <laughs> yeah. was trying to get rid of that yeah. was a bigger bike yeah and i thought oh i'll take that mm-hmm. that's how much he said hey, you can have fred's gonna get rid of some oh okay <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah <laughs> so uh um, but what I'm saying is you need people like that to, in order to cross your finish line, mm-hmm. you're going to have to have people in your life who give you the advice, do this, don't do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Be aware of this, be aware of that. You know, when you're training, uh, eat this, don't eat that, you know, kind sure. of stuff. Sure. Um, for example, there was a guy who just, he decided he's going to run with us. Now this is a 5k. Mm-hmm. We're just doing five because Huntsville, everybody runs. I mean, it's like everybody runs. And, um, so we were. I got into doing 5K races like every month, once a month, you know. <clears throat> yeah. And That's it was crazy. kind of a motivational thing to keep me running. Yeah. And so uh, I immediately signed up for a 5K at, at the very beginning when they asked me to, because I thought, I don't want to just show up at the triathlon, uh, you know, <laughs> right. the, the sprint triathlon <laughs> and not be in, ever been in one of these things, you know. So uh, yeah, that I is, thought, I said, yeah. and, and the, one of the friends said, hey, why don't you sign up for a couple of these 5K races? That'll kind of give you a taste. I said, That's great. And I got hooked. And so I did that for a couple of years. But anyway, so anyway, this one guy uh, going to church, he said, I want to start running too. And so he showed up and we were all standing around, you know, getting ready. I mean, they're about to, and he's, and, um, and he said, Hey, what'd y'all eat for breakfast? He said, how do y'all prepare? And uh, me and this other guy said, nothing. We don't, we don't eat before runs. It's just, no, not yeah. good. Yeah. 
And because uh, these are like 7.30 a.m. runs, okay? Yeah. You know, races. And he went, well, I had a bowl of cereal. We both looked at each other. And I just went, uh-oh. I said, what do you mean? He said, I said, now you'll find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, heads up, don't ever eat milk <laughs> or drink right. milk before right. a... A run. a run. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it came up on him. Sure. I mean, it just, so anyway. All right. So uh, back to. Yeah. Uh, what were we talking about again? Uh, spiritual yeah. young adults yeah. and being strong. Sure, sure. Um, believe it or not, that's an hour. We're an hour and 10 minutes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So what do we. Want to skip? Yeah. Uh, all right. So I do want to point this out. Uh, let's. Just, we're going to hang out with this first John two since we're in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he, another thing he says is is that the word of God remains in you. Um, when he's describing this young person, and this is important for the spiritual young adult. Okay. Some translations don't use the word remain. It uses the word abide. Mm-hmm. Okay. So w- what that word means is is that it's taking up residence. It lives in you. Yeah. Now this is okay. If you've been listening to our podcast long enough, you know words mean things. Yes. Okay. God uses words intentionally. Mm-hmm. Okay. That word abide means the word lives in your house. It's not a visitor. Right. It's not a guest. It resides there. Yes. But here's the thing about the word. It not only resides there, but it has authority over your home. Yes. It's brought, it comes with authority. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a spiritually young adult, one of the differences between a spiritual child and a spiritual young adult is their attitude towards God's word. Yeah. It's significant. So now the word of God means something. It's not, the word of God is not just placed on a shelf. It roams around all the rooms. Right. It's not some... It's not just a book. It's, it's not a, a picture on the wall with a scripture. Right. And it's not a. It's not just a book. It is, as the Bible describes itself, it is living and active. Yes. It walks and breathes, if you will, in your home, in your life. Man, I'll tell you, there is something different yeah. when that happens. Yeah, it's it night and day. It feels... Right. Good. Yeah. And you can tell it. You can tell by when a spiritual child talks about the word of God mm-hmm. and a spiritual young adult talks about the word of God. Yeah. Night and day. Right. Right. Night and day. Yeah. Mm. <clears throat> well, it's it's really the mindset of like, hey, this is something that was written versus this is something that was written for me. Oh, you know, kind of kind of thought, you know, th- this is Absolutely. something written for me, mm-hmm. you know, for me specifically to, you know, know how to live my life and, and help guide me through and, and all those things. Yeah, it's, yeah, spiritual children just look at the Bible. I am, you know, they, they look at the Bible and say, okay, that was, that was written. Let me read it. That's, that's something I need to do. There's a mind shift you know, when you begin to grow spiritually, it's like, no, it's not just something I need to read. That's something that helps guide my life, that helps me make decisions, that helps me deal with conflict, that helps, you know, it's, it's amazing to me, you know, you were just talking earlier and I was like, man, it's, it's almost as though, uh, God knew, what were you talking about earlier? There was a word in there. Well, the, the scripture went and then it said, well, I, I don't remember what it was. Man, I'm I'm really spacey today. I don't I don't know what's going. On. Sorry to the listener. I'm I have all these great ideas and I can't get in them out in words. You know, some days it's that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really is. But uh, but but that's the thing. It's like 
I, I okay, I'll just say this. I love it that when something comes up in my life, mm-hmm. uh, it's God's word is something I can just go to and feel comfort and solace and all those things and get information about mm-hmm. and perspective on and all that stuff. Yeah. It's, it's something different. It's not just something that was written. It's something that exists right all the time. And that, that you're thinking about in the context of whatever your problem is, you know I mean? It's, it's just much deeper. Yeah. You said a while ago <laughs> about how it became, you know, it's a big difference when God's word becomes personal. It's written yeah. to you. Yes. Okay. So now what I'm about to tell you doesn't happen for everybody, but it happened for me. Okay. Okay. I know exactly. I mean, I know exactly when that happened. When that is awesome. When the Bible went from being a book to a personal love letter to me. I know exactly when that happened. Yeah. All right. Here's the here. I want to hear you it. You want to hear it. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> so, um, when I went to college, oh, I, I, okay. So I was already saved. I'm going, I'm in college. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, at this point, um, sensing God calling me into the ministry, mm-hmm. not sure exactly what that meant. So I'm actually in college. I am, you know, enrolled in the BA Bible program, Bachelor yeah. of Arts and Bible. Okay, with mm-hmm. minor in discipleship. Okay, that's what I'm, I'm. That's what I'm there for. Didn't know anything. Wasn't raised in church. So I mean, and now looking back on it, I consider myself at this point a spiritual child. Okay. Okay, that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we were required to go to chapel. Okay, we had chapel services there twice a week. And um, so I'm sitting there in chapel, and a guy is talking about the Word of God. Mm-hmm. That's what he's teaching on. And I don't remember who the speaker is. I don't, I don't, I can't even remember what he looked like. Yeah. I just remember sitting there, and I had this, uh, okay, so back in the day, color was really important. People didn't wear just black and gray like we do now. Yeah. So uh, my Bible was uh, like aqua. It was teal. <laughs> oh man! Okay. So sounds pretty. Yeah. Uh, and it sort of was neonish. Yeah. And I mean, I still got it as I got it on the shelf downstairs. But, uh, um, and it was a, one of those thin line Bibles. Yeah. Okay. And where the papers are super thin. And I wanted a thin one because I was in college. I didn't want to be a big one carrying around in my backpack or. I think actually at that time it was brief briefcases were the thing back then. Brief word. It's terrible. Yeah. So anyway, uh, uh and I'm sitting there in chapel and and then all of a sudden this thought hit me. It w- the I was this was a textbook for me about life. That's kind of how I saw it. Yeah. But then I opened my Bible up and the, and, and the thought was expressed this way uh for me. I opened my Bible and right above Genesis one one. I wrote, Dear Jeff. Yeah. And I flipped it over to the back at the last chapter of Revelation, the last verse, I wrote, Love God. Yeah. That is the moment when all of a sudden, I mean, the way I studied the Bible after that moment completely changed. This was not about Greek, Hebrew, history of Israel, missionary journeys of Paul. It was not not, not about that. It, it was There was a paradigm shift in yeah. how I approached. Something happened supernaturally for me oh yeah that moved me out of textbook to love letter from god a holy spirit man yeah that's right yeah so um that's and and that changed that changed everything about how i started reading the bible and studying the bible and trying to apply the bible and hearing god's voice out of that yeah yeah so uh that that was the 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 defining moment when it comes to God's word for me and how 
Now, I didn't know that at the time. I just knew that, oh, wow, this is a special book. You know yeah. what I'm saying? This yeah. is a love letter from God. Sure. I had no idea of the ramifications well, so, that was going to come from that. And I'll be honest with you, like on a personal level, I often wonder, so I know that that happened for me somewhere in my journey with Genesis. Uh-huh. I don't know where. Right. What I'm hoping for is, is 10 or 15 years from now, I'll be able to look back and say, that was the yeah, moment. Yeah. And you may never. I, I know. I yeah. want to have that moment, mm-hmm. though. Right. Like, you know, we, we've talked about this before. Like, when was I saved? Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Right. I I, I, yeah. I can't. I've never been able to put my finger on. I mean, I know I am, mm-hmm. obviously. You know, I've, I've hard, hardcore yeah. know I am. Mm-hmm. I just don't know when. And my hope is, is that someday I'll be able to look back and go, that was the moment. Yeah. I'm hoping God will give me the clarity, you know, someday. And, or and maybe not. I don't know. And by the way, for the listeners sitting out there, especially some of the old schooler <laughs> ones, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, I remember hearing preachers say stuff like, when you're born again, you you know the day and the hour and where you were and when right. it happened. It's the greatest moment in your life, you know, and if you don't know the day and hour, I don't think you're saved. Right. And I'm thinking, you know what? If somebody didn't write down on a piece of paper the day and hour I was born physically, I'd right. have, I, would, I would just look at me and say, I know I was born physically <laughs> right. at some point. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know really when that happened. Sure, sure. And I do think, again, I think life – Everything helps us understand things spiritually. I think God created everything to occur a certain way. Yeah. To help us understand divine truth. Mm-hmm. And I think spiritually there there are tons of people. Yeah. Like you. Yeah. Who say, you know, I, I know I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not exactly sure when that happened. Right. You know, but there was a time where I started following. And I'll tell you this, I want the listener mm-hmm. who who can't put their finger on it mm-hmm. to say loud and proud. Mm-hmm. I can't put my finger on it, but I know I am. Right. You yeah. Because I because I, I, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Because so because you no know, really if you just ask hey is Jesus <clears throat> do you consider Jesus the Lord of your life? Well, yes. Boom. Well, when did it happen? I'm not sure. Right. But I know he is. Yeah, I know with absolution okay. he is. So anyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Yep. Shall we say? Yep. All right. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So I have a question. Talking about this whole lordship thing and about when people get saved. Okay. The Bible talks about us being adopted. Mm-hmm. We're adopted into the family of God. Mm-hmm. When did I actually become Emma and Natalie's father? When did I, 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 to them, when did I become their dad? Right. Because we could talk legally. Mm -hmm. We could talk emotionally. Mm -hmm. There's so many different. Uh Uh-huh. And is it, and what's more important, that I'm legally their dad or I'm their dad in their heart? Right. And when did that happen? Right. And will they ever be able to say. That's when it happened. That's when it happened. No, they're not. Correct. No, they won't. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, and, and and who cares anyway? That's right. Would it matter if they could say? No. No. It no. wouldn't change anything. No. That's right. Yeah, it's still, you're still their dad. That's right. And yeah. so I think our Heavenly Father is the same way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I he, mean, he can tell you where. Sure, I mean, sure. And if he does, say, great. You know, say, God, when did I really get saved? Yeah. When did I become officially a part of the family? Yeah, and if he tells me, that's cool. Well, it was on January the 7th, <laughs> you know, when you're driving home. 
to be honest with you, Billy, you were half drunk. <laughs> but somewhere in that sin of yours. But you were sober enough. You were sober enough to understand you needed me. Yes. And, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's okay. Because really, I say the moment doesn't matter. Obviously, it matters. It eternally matters. That moment matters, but knowing about when that moment is, that doesn't really matter. Well, there's just a lot of other stuff, too. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of other questions, uh, you know, that the Bible raises and this and that. And it's like, okay, you know, chew on those things, but it doesn't change. No. Does it? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. So, so the young, so the spiritually young adult, they're going to, they're going to, the word of God is going to be very significant to them. So, then if you're evaluating yourself or someone else, you have to ask, is the word of God significant to you? Mm-hmm. If it's not really, um, and I don't mean that you don't respect it and honor it. I'm right. Not, I'm not asking whether you believe it's God's word or not. Right. I'm going to assume that, yeah, you, you know, you believe God, yes, yeah, God's word. But eh, again, if it's something that you're really not reading, studying, trying to apply, and, 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 and here's another, if you really don't care what the preacher is saying. Right. The word of God is not important because here's the once the word of God becomes important to you, mm-hmm. you start evaluating the preacher. Do I want to listen to this guy for the next yeah. ten years of my life? Because is he preaching the word? If he's not, I'm, I gotta go somewhere else. Yep, yep. You follow what I'm saying? Absolutely, I do. Yeah. If so. you came into church on some Sunday and mm-hmm. lost your mind and, and started going out left field, it's like, look, I love you, Jeff, but yeah. I got to go somewhere else to get yeah. to get this part of it. I, I need to get you know again. Everybody, see, the need to be fed is not just a child thing. Correct. We all need, we all have to eat regardless of the stage. Yep. So sometimes we can feed ourselves. Sometimes people have to feed us. Yeah. And so, um, uh, anyway, the word of God remains in them. I mean, it's tight. It's, it abides and lives in them. It influences and impacts them. All right. The third thing, because we need to start wrapping this thing up. Yeah. Uh, he says this, he says they have overcome the evil one. That's an interesting phrase. It is very interesting. Because what does that actually mean? Mean, and he says it twice. Yeah. Says in verse 13, it's only mm-hmm. when he says twice. And so so to me, this may be the most significant indicator of a spiritual young adult. Right. Is this phrase, they have overcome the evil one since he said it twice. Um, But what does it mean? What's he talking about? Okay. Without breaking it down word by word, which that's what I like to do. Sure, sure. Um, he didn't say they overcame the devil. Doesn't say he overcame sin. This is interesting. Doesn't say they overcame bad situations in life. Right. No, it says they overcame the evil one. Hmm. What does that mean? Here's what I think that means. Okay. Based on my understanding of breaking it down. They have now had enough time and they built enough strength that they are experiencing victory over evil in their life. Whenever the evil one comes and tempts them, I'm not saying perfection. Sure. What not I'm, saying all the time, not saying 100%. Right. I'm saying they have overcome him. Yeah. They've won. They are now in a trajectory. To where, when the season is over, mm-hmm. they will have a winning record. Yeah, see what's happening. Yes, here? and so why is that? Well, because they're strong. They've been to the gym. 
God's word remains, abides, lives, theirs, active, has authority over their life. Because of that, they are having victory over the evil one. Now, mm. So here's the deal. If you're not having victory over the evil one, mm-hmm. I'm going to say that you're not in the gym yep. and God's word does not abide in your, yeah. in your life. You need you to know. focus more in the gym and you need to focus more on God's word. That's right. There's something yeah. out of whack here. Yeah. You know, you deceived yourself in some way. Sure. And so uh, this is a, that is a, they've now been around to where they have, they can point to spiritual victories in their life now. Yeah. They won that one. Yeah. They won that one. They won mm-hmm. that one. You've overcome the evil one. Yeah. You've got a taste of what spiritual victory feels like and looks like. And you're now, you're starting to, you're on a roll. And let's not forget about those scars yeah, and wounds yeah, as a right. result. Yeah, look, yeah. Uh, overcoming the evil one, that's right. a battle. Yeah. Right. Make no mistake, spiritual warfare. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and again, I'm not again, I'm not talking about an undefeated season. Right. That's not what I'm talking about. Right. Um, I am talking about this overcoming. You're, you are now, you're living, you're more than a conqueror kind of a yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, you ha- now have this thing where, uh, you expect to win. Yes. But you know that uh, you, you might stumble and fall. Well, there's going to be some losses in there. That's right. And you you, know. But the thing is, a righteous man will always fall. Yep. But he always rise again. Mm-hmm. So you know that when you're knocked down, you're going to get back up. Yep. Fall forward. Yeah, you're going to fall forward. Yeah. So you, you have overcome the evil one. So, again, when you are around a spiritual young adult, at some degree, some level, you're going to be around someone who's confident in the Word, who cares about other people, Who's kingdom minded, who's knows what it means to die to themselves, who's sacrificial, who's in the word, knows the word, comfortable talking about the word, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That's who that's who this person is. Yeah. Okay. Now they're not a spiritual parent yet. Right. But they're getting ready to become one. And they I don't tell know, you what they're about, they're about to give birth. Yes. <laughs> yes. They're headed in that direction and don't even direction. know what it they is. They don't even know it yet. Yeah. And that is yeah. awesome. That is. This is such an encouraging yeah. time mm-hmm. in in a person's life. You know, it's just I, I get so excited like hearing about that stuff. I mean it hmm. <clears throat> All right. Okay, so we're gonna wrap it up there. We've been going about an hour and a half. Believe it or not, and there's a ton of stuff. We didn't get into the phrase from the stage. We didn't even, we talked a little bit of unofficially about what they need. Sure. But, you know, we talked about the gym and the Word of God and all that kind of stuff and people around them. So we, we talked a little bit about that. Um, let's see. We didn't talk about their typical beliefs of some other things that they got going on. Um, but anyway, so, uh, but I think this gives some food for thought for this level. Oh yeah. So you can, I think, I think we're giving them, an, I think we'll give the listener enough to be able to recognize whether they are one mm-hmm. or not mm-hmm. and be able to recognize whether some people in their life, if they're one or not. And I think a big thing is when we're looking at other people and we're looking at ourselves, just because you stumble and fall and are weak in a spot or what it doesn't mean that you're not an athlete. It doesn't mean, you know, be honest with yourself, you know, be honest in that self-evaluation or whatever, but just because you make a mistake or you stumble or fall or, or whatever it is, that doesn't knock you out of those tight knit little comfortable boxes we put ourselves in. You know, it's like, hey, keep growing, keep doing your thing, uh, keep serving God, you know, and, and just keep moving forward. Yeah. Um, and it's all about progress. Yes. Slow progress is progress. That's right. Um, I tell myself that in so many facets of my mm-hmm. life. Because there are some areas that I still, you know, even to this day, you know, I, I, uh, you know, so I, 
that I that I struggle with a little bit, you know, occasionally. Mm-hmm. And and you know, and it's like that doesn't knock me out of my spiritual race that I'm running. Right. That just means, man, I got more race in front of me. Mm-hmm. You know, and and so yeah, so I, I want the listeners to to really internalize this. Look at the people in their lives. Don't presume that just because they stumble and fall that that means they're one thing or let's let's be a little bit more hesitant to put everybody in these boxes and and just toss them back out just right. because of a mistake or yeah. something and if there's a pattern there what a a a, a it's, <clears throat> there's a difference between stumbling sure and wallowing no doubt there's a difference between stumbling and intentionally throwing yourself <laughs> off track yeah you know right. all that stuff. Yeah. so yeah. you know if uh and we had to keep that in mind because there are some people you're going to go, oh man, they are spiritual children. Sure, they're sure. A spiritual infant. Yeah, you know, I don't, and and they've been going to church for thirty years, but they're still a spiritual infant, spiritual sure. child. Sure. And then there are some folks, man, that you know, they've been a Christian for two years, and it's like, man, they hmm. they've been in the gym. Yeah. They got they yeah. they something happened. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, where in the world they are this not the same from? person, right? You no know what doubt. I'm saying? They yeah. don't even look it. Yeah, you know, it's like those little video shorts of people who put on, you know, they put these video shorts of them like a year's transformation. Yes, you know, and yeah. it's like, is that even possible? Uh huh. You know, well, and and you know, and also to bring it back to the the triathlon thing, you know, those runners when they're running, sometimes they get cramps. They do. Sometimes, you know, sometimes they'll, they'll move a little slower because they got something going on, you know, or whatever. It's like, just work it out and keep moving forward. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just to wrap this up, the, uh, there's a friend of ours that we both know. Yeah. Uh, he's a, an endurance runner. Yeah. You know, I don't know if he still does it. He still runs off. Well, he does those 100 mile runs. That's insane. Yeah. But we have cars, man. Right. We don't, we don't need to run. Uh, I, I, I respect people yeah. that do so, that like crazy. Yeah. I just can't. I was asking, I was talking to him one day about all this. Right? Yeah. And I said, how does that work? And I, he, and he's been in two or three of these things, right? That's incredible. And I said, I said, do you actually finish? He said, I've never finished. He said, there's something about my body. He says, when I hit about mile 70, can you imagine jogging no. for 70 miles? <laughs> no. Anyway, so <clears throat> we're talking hours. Yeah. Right. And, um, uh, but he talked about having, needing a team of people. I mean, it's just not him just going to start off. And eat. There's, sure. There's a lot of moving parts to this thing mm-hmm. and certain training, eating, and it's all about timing of this and timing of that, liquids and all this other stuff, your body being all this. Okay. I mean, it's just another. <laughs> It's a whole nother realm. And yeah, it's a yeah. yeah. I mean, halfway through it, he was losing me. But anyway, yeah. I think, I, I, dude, I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know. So, uh, you know, measuring electrolytes and all this other stuff. Sure, you sure. Get certain numbers on and you, all this other stuff. Body fat. You got to have a certain all this stuff. So anyway, um, but when he's talking about hitting the hitting the seventy mile mark, you know, and I, I'm, I'm as he's talking, I'm thinking, well, that ain't gonna ever gonna be me, right? I mean, that is something I would love to – I mean, I'm kind of driven like that. Give me a huge obstacle. Yeah. If I was healthier physically, my, I've been rough on my body. <laughs> okay? Okay. I got a lot of problems. Yeah. Okay. You know, back problems, knee problems, sure. shoulder problems. I mean, when I when, – when I, even when I was at my healthiest running, my body just didn't like it. Sure. All right. So, anyway, but I did it anyway. So, but for me, I'm thinking about him and I'm thinking – no, you know, that's, that's just not where I'm at. Right. Okay. Right. Not going to happen. And, uh, 
And I think there are some things where it comes to like ministry and stuff. I mean, you, everybody's built differently. You know, there's a thing called shape. Yep. Okay. Yep. Spiritual gifts, your heart, abilities, personality, experience. And um, God has shaped you uniquely. Uh, some people are geared to run 70 miles. Yep. And just because you can't doesn't mean you're not a runner. That's right. Yep. Because you're, again, tortoise and the hare. Yep. Okay. And there is a reason. I mean, again, go back to object lessons. Um, there is a reason why God made birds to fly. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Frogs to hop, fish to swim. Okay. They, they all have, they're all different. Yeah. Okay. And they're all designed for a different purpose. There are some, uh, creatures, man, they, they dig, they live under the ground. They dig holes everywhere. I got one in my backyard and I'm <laughs> after that thing. Anyway. So, but anyway, the, um, what I'm saying is that we're all we're all shaped differently. We're all designed differently. And so again, it goes back to that. Yeah, you're strong. Um, you know, you're into God's word. You're a spiritual young adult. But do do. But you don't have to be like the spiritual young adult person sitting next to you. Yeah. Okay. Because their their race is completely different. Okay? Absolutely. Always keep that in mind because we I don't know why we do it, but we always start comparing ourselves. Wow, they get so much more done. Yep. Or we go prideful. I get so much more done. Mm-hmm. He's on stage. You know, there's got to be somebody on stage, and there's got to be somebody doing the sound in the back. You're exactly right, Joe. Okay. Yeah. You know, and we got people who serve in the children's ministry. Don't ever ask me to serve in the children's ministry. Nope. The nursery. I can do it once. I, I. But for me to do it week after week after week after week, that's just not how I'm I wired. can try to do I love it kids. once. Yeah. Well, I like them. Yeah, you know? I can hang out with them. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we're talking an hour. Yeah, I can be goofy for an hour. Sure, uh, but um, it's just not my thing. It's not my thing. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's okay. There's some people out there saying, "Oh, what's wrong? I just love children." Well, then I we show up to Genesis. We're gonna put you to work. We could use you. That's right. Yeah, we could use you. All right. <laughs> well, that's it for today. Until next time, uh, have a good one. And next time, we're gonna talk about stage five, and that's being the spiritual parent, mm-hmm. and which hopefully all of us uh, will get there. All right, till next time. Thank you for listening. This has been Conversations. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to click subscribe and leave us a great review. And to find out more about Genesis Church, please visit www.genesisbegins.com.